Hey, babe, good to be back. <laughs> I've missed seeing your face obscured by a microphone pop filter. Oh, thanks. From across babe. the room. <laughs> but no, seriously, it is nice to be back. I actually missed podcasting. I did too. Well, we did try to do it last week. We've been away on vacation for uh, almost two weeks. Yep. And while we were away, I thought of a really clever thing to do. You know, while we don't need to bring our laptops, we can just bring the mics, we can plug them straight into our iPad, no problem. We did all that. Of course, I forgot to sound check anything, and then our levels were all wrong. So I was determined to do it again, and Blake, our wonderful, long-suffering producer, was like, hey, you know how you guys are on vacation? Maybe you want to skip a week. Thank you, Blake. So we thought that was genius. <laughs> we didn't think of that on I didn't our own. want to re-record it last week. <laughs> no. So sorry if you uh, came to the website looking for a podcast, but we're back. We're back. All right, AJ, tell the beautiful people where we've been. We have been, well, first we went to Charlotte, North Carolina, um, and uh, spent some time with Ben and Karis, who are Alan's sister and brother-in-law, and um, obviously mine as well now. That sounded so Part weird. Of the package deal. <laughs> and their kids. So it was, it was quite good because uh, their kids and our kids play really well together, so we just don't see them for a few days. Um, unless there's a dispute, mm-hmm. and uh, we just had Screechy McGee to manage. So. There's also something I think I have now realized I've taken for granted, the fact that I do live on the other side of the world, and none of my family do, except for my sister, who lives a mere nine hours away. Honey, it's seven hours. It's nine hours like with stops if we stop forever. Okay, so it's nine hours then, no, because it we didn't, stop. it didn't. It took us like seven and a half. I, I love how you expand things. Okay, anything over an hour in a car is like 12 hours I know. to me. He starts twitching and going, I'm bored, I'm bored. And then he wonders... <laughs> that happens in the he, first 15 minutes. Then he wonders why I don't want him to drive. I don't want you driving bored, because on, I want to live. <laughs> on that topic, let's talk about this genius solution that we came up with for driving. So first of all, let's set the context. Yes. Generally speaking, AJ does most of the driving mm-hmm. in our married relationship. Yes. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, she is one of these people that enjoys driving. You know how there's people who really enjoy driving, like as in, you know, what are you going to do this afternoon? I think I'm going to go for a drive. She's one of those people. She takes pleasure from driving. I and she's, do. she's also a really good driver. I'm an ambivalent driver. I don't care. I'd actually prefer not to drive because I do have a fairly short attention span. And I've realized that when I'm driving with people who realize I have a short attention span, it feels like they'd sooner drive. So I'm happy for them to drive. The trouble is when we do a long journey, AJ naturally gets bored because she's having a drive. And And you're playing a video game and ignoring me. (laughs) Let's be honest. That's what's happening. That's that's a perspective you could take. That is what's happening. (laughs) So we need to find a solution. I want to talk to you and you're like, babe. Babe, I, I'm just, I'm in the middle of something. <laughs> well, the thing is, I bring my phone down and say, okay, well, let's talk. What do you want to talk about? And you're like, um, anything. So then I, you know, it feels like you're scraping the bottom of the barrel to bring up and to fake a conversation. Anyway, that is the problem that we faced. <laughs> but we came up with a genius solution. We did. Which is? Which is audiobooks. Yeah. Yes. So audible.com, I have a little iPhone app, and... I realized if I bought AJ a book, a really long book, <laughs> it's true. that lasted 13 hours, yes. she could just plug her headphones in and she could just drive and listen to somebody reading her a book, which meant I was free to play threes all the way to North Carolina. Our kids had iPads in the back and they were fine. And MJ just needed 
Yo Gabba Gabba DVDs exchanged every four or five minutes. <laughs> and the time just flew. It did. Although MJ has um, figured out how to make a horrific noise now. Oh, it, I do, I'm not enjoying this stage of parenting. It's like having a pet pterodactyl. <laughs> It's on Which crack. Is, it's the noise you're not enjoying. He's being super sweet and he's being really cuddly and he loves to give kisses and he's learning all kinds of new words, but he has this horrible noise that he makes when he wants something and he can't communicate, of course, fully what he wants yet. So he points and then screeches. <laughs> it's horrible. But he's also in the, I want to dominate. Yes. I swear, if he knew how to pee, which of course he does, but if he knew how to pee on command, he would mark every territory with urine. <laughs> but So everywhere we go, he, he just wants to dominate. So he'll push his sisters out of the way. If I'm lying on the floor doing something, he'll come and sit on my head. He'll do the same with AJ. He's just in this, I am owning my domain And then stage, he giggles. Which is very cute, but <laughs> the squawking sweet. noise is horrendous. Horrible. Anyway, we're geniuses because we discovered audiobooks, you know, only like five years Seven years too late, but anyway, we found them. Yes. That was really helpful. What did you really listen to good. out of interest? Um, well, I'm listening to one of my favorite uh, fiction series. Stephen by, King? No. Stephen oh, no. Stephen Lawheed. Stephen <laughs> King. By Stephen Lawheed. He's a Christian writer. Uh, writes mostly about Celtic history. And it's a series called The Song of Albion. So I listened to the first book, which is called The Paradise War. And I'm halfway through the next one, which is called The Silver Hand. So... And if you do have a long trip coming up, married couples, and you do want to take advantage of audible.com, they have a free month where you can get a free book, which is great. So go ahead and take that. Um, How was your 4th of July, babe? Well, actually, before we did 4th of July, we had Canada Day on the 1st of July. We did. Talk to us about what happens on Canada Day Um, in Canada. It's pretty much the same thing as what happens on the 4th of July, only we don't have red, white, and blue stuff. We have... Red and white stuff. <laughs> a way to differentiate. <laughs> and, you know, we have like big fireworks shows. And typically we make s'mores in the evening over campfires on the beach. But so, so you know, it sounds pretty similar. It's, yeah, it's pretty similar. Big we, barbecues, big we parties. Went to someone's house and had a big yeah. barbecue and lit fireworks and rockets. Mm-hmm. As a, and MJ was terrified of the rockets. So we had to take him inside yeah. until they were done because he kept crying every time one went off. It was so sad. Being a Canadian in America, is there a sense of pride that you guys formed your nation three days before America? That must feel good. <laughs> Except that we didn't. <laughs> we we formed our nation like a hundred and something years after. I can't even remember now. Isn't that funny? It's a long time after. But it just happens to be celebrated three days before each year. Oh, I see. Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now mm-hmm. I feel dumb. Um. We're in our, uh, we're not in our sisters. Yeah, we are in their house. And then how do, what do we do after that? Tell this fun story. Well. We'll back up the story, give the context of the fun part of the story. Okay, so the context is we were going to have a staycation for the two weeks that we had off. And I was not looking forward to that. Alan was like, we'll get stuff done around the house. It'll be awesome. Because I speak in a high-pitched falsetto <laughs> voice. He said, we'll get stuff done around the house. It'll be awesome. <laughs> Apparently, I just grew a mustache and way more chest hair. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, so, I think he was trying to take lemons and make lemonade or something. One of those sort of analogies. The truth is, I'm I'm happy anywhere on vacation as long as I'm left alone. 
So right. it doesn't matter where I am. But then if you're being left alone, that means I'm being left with all three kids, which and doesn't you, spell you vacation saw for through me. my cunning plan. <laughs> So anyway, you had really wanted to go I to the really beach, wanted to and the away. girls and, were praying. And to go I to the don't beach. unplug well being at home. I feel I need to get away to feel like I'm away. And so, and then we had told Abby and Tia, "Hey, we have a vacation next week." And Abby said, "Mommy, what beach are we going to?" And I said, "Oh, baby, I'm sorry, we're not going to the beach this year." And she was like, "We're not going to the beach." Like beach equals vacation. She just couldn't get her little head around it. So we said, no, we're not going. But I had, you know, I was obviously like, Lord, I'd really love to be able to get away somewhere. But I'm also going to determine in my heart that um, I'm okay being home and somehow we'll make this okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then I'm minding my own business and I get a phone call from someone who I've actually never met, which is interesting. And they introduce themselves to me like, hey, uh, you know, I'm so-and-so and... Uh, my wife was actually praying this morning and she felt like we should call you and say we should do something for you. I travel a lot, so I have a whole lot of hotel miles uh, or hotel points, I beg your pardon. And I'm just wondering, uh, are you on a staycation by preference or by choice? Or could we like make some hotels available to you? And we're like, are you kidding? They're like, no, we'd love to. So just pick a hotel anywhere in America you'd like to be and we'll take care of it for you. So we realized, well, we're in North Carolina. It's not far to drive to the beach, so we drove over to Myrtle Beach. And when we got there, we, you know, if somebody's paying for your hotel, you're happy wherever you are. We're just happy to be at the beach. And so well, when we get there, this person happens to be a top-tier member of one of the hotel chains. And so we've been upgraded to a 1,400-square-foot... Two-bedroom. Two-bath. Gorgeous with a kitchen, condo. With a dining room. Wrapped balcony. Condo. Right on the ocean. Like right on the ocean. So when we like woke we could up. throw a rock off of our balcony. Which is legal the in the state of <laughs> South Carolina. If we could throw well enough, we could have done this. As the stickers <laughs> said on every window to the balcony. I was like, well, there's my first thing to do on vacation. Just not going to happen. So I wanted to throw stuff off a balcony. Did it say there was stickers saying we're not allowed to? See, dear I God, I'm so glad notice. I'm the reader of decals on windows. Well, see, those are there for the people that need to read them. I just would never consider doing it, so I didn't need to read the stickers. You Canadians are so polite. <laughs> yes. So anyway, we got hooked up with a beautiful condo right on the beach. Beautiful. Which the kids were just super thrilled with. With a king-size bed. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything. Look how mature I am. Maybe you're, you're really, passing 40, yeah, I just uh, can resist the temptation to make inappropriate comments much Well, easier. let's just wait to the end of the podcast and see if you've made it through the whole thing. <laughs> you have little faith. So we got to stay there, and then about halfway through, uh, this same person called back and said, hey, you know, we're just wondering if you're having a good time. We're like, we are. Well, we'd like to extend your stay if you'd like to. And we're like, yes, we would. So we just got hooked up, and it was amazing. It was was amazing. Jesus coming through again, just being absolutely awesome and fantastic. And this condo thing had like a kid's water park attached to it and like seven pools or something crazy like that. And and it's right on the beach. So we literally could walk out of our thing, walk on the beach, which was MJ's first time on the beach. So the first time we put his feet on the sand, he was very confused. But he got the hang of it quickly and started chasing birds. So it was very cute. We were kind of shocked about how long it takes a family of five, three of whom are under seven, to get ready to go outside, though. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Sunscreen. Just m- mostly the lathering sunscreen. process. Yeah. And then chasing down the, the smallest one and wrestling him into his, his swimming shorts. Yep. Crazy. 
Um, we discovered our kids love hibachi. They do. They really do. Tia's favorite thing now, so. And she'll even eat the vegetables. That's right. Parents out there, if you need your young children to eat vegetables, just take them to hibachi grill. Just make sure they don't touch that searing plate in the center of your table. Maybe they can't reach it. Okay. Um, we don't have any readers' questions this week simply because, well, actually, I don't know if we do or don't. They all come to my email, which I've turned off because I'm on vacation. And I'm too scared to turn on my email to look for readers' questions because if I see something I need to reply to, I'm probably going to be dragged into it. So I'm forcing myself to remain disciplined and on vacation. But AJ Jones, I wanted to bring up this week's topic. Yes. In honor of the 238th birthday of this great nation that we live in, yes. I wanted to talk about America. Okay. For a long, 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 long time, almost as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to live in America. And I've always thought I was going to live in America at some Which point. is funny, because when I met you and I was dating, and I was thinking, you know, I know I'm here in Canada, but I feel like I'm going to be moving to America I, like, I feel like my destiny is in America. I was wondering how, uh, you know, a through-and-through through maple leaf-bleeding Canadian <laughs> would feel out about living in America. I remember the day I kind of, we weren't married yet. I think we were engaged. And I remember floating the idea past you, like, hey, you know, I kind of think that God says that we're going to live in America. How do you feel about that? And you were like, oh, I've known that for years. So I was like, yay. Yep. But, but I mean, we- I'm still I'm still pretty diehard Canadian, but I do love America. Yeah. Your mm-hmm. Canadian flag tattoo is going nowhere. I know. Um, <laughs> when we used to travel, <laughs> and we used to travel a lot, for those of you who don't know that part of our life, we'd travel all over the world. People would inevitably ask us, well, you know, you've traveled everywhere. What's your favorite country? And um, the true answer, my favorite country was America. And whenever I'd land in America, whenever I'd land at whatever airport it was, I would just feel, I would almost be moved to tears. And several times I would be crying. And I've just always loved this nation. So I thought it would be interesting to ask you, AJ, who's been part of North America, the mm-hmm. continent. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> Way to go, baby. I'm just not good <laughs> with geography. There's a reason we don't homeschool, huh? <laughs> it's There's a so continent. many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I posted on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, you're drawing of a map of the world, which was missing so many nations, I can't even tell you, that we've actually been to, (laughs) and all of South America. Sorry, folks. Gone. Details. (laughs) Um, I forgot what I was saying about America. Oh, yeah, differences between... I would imagine that the differences for me and my upbringing and my life now and the differences for you and your upbringing and your life now are probably somewhat larger. Mm -hmm. But I thought it would still be interesting nevertheless. I'm also aware that for me to say the difference between living in America and Scotland is a ludicrous thing because I could live in many different parts of America and have a different experience. So let's narrow it down. You grew up in Toronto. Yes. What are three major differences you notice from life in Toronto to life in Franklin, Tennessee? Um, it's a lot greener and prettier here uh, in Franklin, and we have no snow. Well, that's not true. There are snow days here. <laughs> yeah. The snow days are like, oh, I think I saw a random fleck floating through the sky. Shut down the schools. We're all going to die. Get off the roads, people. Get your eggs. Get your milk. Get your bread. Okay, okay tone it down. <laughs> you, know, you know it's true. <laughs> that's only because in Toronto, it wouldn't be that uncommon for us to have snow days where you would have to shovel yourself out of the house. Right. 
So there's a difference. And nobody shut down a school for it. <laughs> Do you, was there never a time when you grew up that your schools were closed because of snow? Oh, yeah. But you'd have to be getting several feet of snow or like, I mean, a ridiculous amount of snow for them to close down a school for it. Okay. Where here, somebody can say the word snow, that it might happen tomorrow, and they'll close down the school. <laughs> Did somebody say snow? Let's close the schools down. <laughs> when you say prettier, obviously pretty is in the eye of the beholder, because I think Toronto is very, very pretty. Like, I love... Toronto's a beautiful city. It's absolutely gorgeous. One of my favorite it is. cities. And it's very clean, and it's very safe. But what you're referring to is the abundance of green... Yes, The lush rolling and, hills. Yes. If you came to where we live it's these rolling green hills and an overpopulation of deer um but just everything pretty yeah, yeah. it honestly feels like you could just turn left off one of the main roads and you're in the country and Boom. you would be in the country yeah and it's it's absolutely gorgeous yeah all right last and thing. there's nowhere near the amount of traffic nowhere near the amount of traffic. toronto's traffic is just insane and then here it's like if i've experienced traffic it might make my trip five minutes longer than it would have been without traffic. Whereas in Toronto? Well, I mean... QEW? Oh Rochelle? my gosh. You know, if you are if you haven't left way early, you could have a trip that would normally take you 40 or 45 minutes to get across the city, take you an hour and a half or three hours. I mean, it's just crazy. Which would probably be one of the biggest differences. Here, our friend group is within 20 minutes of driving, like the furthest we'd need to drive. Are the very furthest we'd need to drive us. Whereas in yeah. Toronto, probably the the shortest we'd need to drive to go see friends is the longest we'd need to drive here. Yeah, like our closest friends would have been twenty minutes, but most of them would have been more around forty minutes away. Half Some an hour away, uh, or yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. Like this is just a because great of example. traffic. Just yeah. because of traffic, Crazy. and it's so uh, enormous. Like it's that's what I couldn't city. get over when I moved mm-hmm. from Edinburgh to Toronto. I couldn't get over how far away the horizon was. Like you'd be driving along the road and you'd look right and there's just so much land. It's just enormous. And in terms of the population size, what is like Toronto, six and a half million people in Toronto? I maintain it's larger than that. Okay. Sorry, I haven't <laughs> looked up Wikipedia. For I haven't this, looked but it up Just an ages. enormous amount of people. Yeah. Um, all right, my top three things from living in Scotland, living in Edinburgh, and living in Nashville is, I lived in Edinburgh for years and years and years and years without ever needing a car because public transport was absolutely available and you could walk pretty much everywhere. Again. Well, and you do walk most places. Yeah, you'd walk or you yeah. could take a bus or, you know, taxi. Here, I don't think, do we have taxis here? I'm, I mean, we must have taxis. I'm, I don't think I've ever I've seen I've seen one. a couple, but not very often. And, you know, our public transport is almost. Non-existent. Non-existent. So everybody drives. Yep. Which is fine. Or bikes, them, them healthy people, they bike. Right. Weather. <laughs> uh, you know, people always ask me, what's, what's the weather like in Scotland? I'd be like, well, it's easy to tell the difference between like summer and winter because in summer the rain is warmer. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't completely true, but. No, sometimes it's just as cold. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I was in Scotland earlier this year in, in January and I took a picture uh, from my hometown of Dundee um, across the River Tay. I took a picture. I did nothing to it. I didn't filter it. I didn't, you know, add anything on Instagram. I just posted it and said, this is a real picture in color. And everybody During thought I was day. lying. During the day. It was like midday. It was gray on gray. And people thought it was a black and white yeah. photo. Yeah. Um, I remember Billy Connolly 
who's a very uh, famous Scottish comedian who then moved to Los Angeles. I remember him saying that his kids who'd been raised in L.A., he brought them back to Scotland. And when they got off the plane, they said, Dad, why is the sky so low? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, obviously the weather. Um, and then, I, you know, the pace of life is completely, di- completely different. Yeah. Absolutely different uh, in terms you, of... Do you mean in Edinburgh or in Toronto? No, I mean here. Like, so the the pace of life that I have here versus the pace of life I had in, in Scotland is, was completely different. Yeah. Everything seems much slower here. Everything's yeah. a little bit more laid back. And the drivers are much slower here. Yeah, they are. In <laughs> Toronto for sure. But I, I love it. I kind of just one of the biggest privileges ever. To, yeah, it's awesome. To live in America. And I'm excited about getting my citizenship in five years. Well, three and a half. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to learn something about geography because they might ask me, like, state capitals or something. Yeah. Go on, test me. Throw me out something. Uh, name five states. Oh, easy. North Dakota, South Dakota, Tennessee, Alabama, California. <laughs> Ooh, can you name five more? <laughs> Well, I know the District of Columbia is not a state, so I'll not mention that one. Hawaii, Alaska, uh, Texas, uh-huh. and then I'm more visual, so I can see them. There's that one, and that one, and that one. <laughs> you didn't mention the states that we were actually in last week. <laughs> do, you, do you want me to draw your map? North Carolina, South no, Carolina, there you boom, go. boom. Um, talk to me about how we ended up in america because it's a pretty interesting story because you don't remember or no um, i do remember but people often ask us and i think we've maybe only preached about it like once or twice and i I love the story when i listen back to it it seems way more spectacular than it did when i was experiencing it if that doesn't sound too weird okay as in when i tell the story i'm i kind of slap myself on the side of the head going man what took me so long right but when i was in it it didn't feel as um supernatural as as it was huh. it did to me it did feel like that to me i remember it it, yeah i had so, so so much excitement about it but um well essentially well and let me pause on there yeah. i think though because of your wiring prophetic or otherwise that you're usually aware of the end before the process begins yeah does that make sense yeah whereas i usually need to understand the process before i right can see the end. Right. Because if I see the end first, all I then see are obstacles of how to get to the end. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it wasn't sure. that I wasn't excited about it. I just wasn't sure about it in the first place to, to work out whether I wanted to devote emotion, excitement, or otherwise to the process. Right. All right. I'll shut up now. You talk. Um, so you wanted to just talk about how we got here. I mean... Uh, should we do an abbreviated version and then uh, you can fill in details that we miss? Sure. Or, I'd love to hear you do an abbreviated version of any story. Go for watch it. Watch this, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well. I was born in Toronto <laughs> and I grew up. <laughs> Shut it. Um, no, uh, we were in Toronto and we were praying and we wanted to... Um, get pregnant again. Abby was uh, almost a year old, not quite. And we were just thinking, okay, we want to have our kids close together. We've been dragging Abby all over the world. And I don't think we want to do it with two babies. So we started 
talking to the Lord and looking at our prophetic words in regards to what was next. Did you want to add something? Yeah, I was just going to say Abigail, who was one, had done 110 flights. 106. But yeah, by the time she was one, she'd just yeah. been all over the world and more than that in the womb. And yeah, when we asked the Lord, he just said, go look at your prophetic words, which was interesting because we'd just been collecting the same prophetic word. Over and over For the again. last two years. Which was all about pastoring. All about pastoring and and planting new things. Yeah. Which we were like, uh, I don't really want to be a pastor. No, but I th- I think some of that was we just, you know, we'd seen a lot of pastors that were having a really hard time. So it, right. it didn't it didn't make it seem like something that we would enjoy. And the life of an itinerant is really much like Santa Claus. You fly in, you do a weekend on something really cool and sexy, and then you fly out again. Yeah. And you're not really responsible for, you know, the people that you minister to. Yeah. And uh, so in one sense, you know, you're, of course, there's lots of uh, negatives of, of that, the toll of traveling mm-hmm. and all that, but the positives are enormous. You know, you get to meet lots of people, you're in a new city every week, um, and you know, there is an element where you're, you are like Santa Claus, you come, you deliver some gifts, and then you leave. Yeah. And then I also, I had so. a faulty view of what pastoring was. Yeah. And that was the one thing the Lord said to me was, I don't, you actually get to be a pastor the way you want to be a pastor. The way that you're wired. You yeah. don't have and to be like, somebody oh, else. That's uh, a huge relief. Yeah. Because I think both of us were quite, were quite blunt. And I mean, I hope, hopefully we're loving, but, but I mean, we're just, uh, I don't know, I guess how I viewed what we'd need to be able to be, to be a pastor. We weren't Didn't that. seem appealing, yeah. 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 So, but on the on the flip side, you know, you're saying about the itinerant, you know, getting to be Santa Claus and all that kind of stuff. I think the thing I love the most about what we do now is we get to actually see the transformation. For sure. Where when we were itinerant, we would just hear stories and by then faces have blended together, you know, so you'd hear from a pastor, you remember Susie that you prayed for? Well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's this awesome story, but you have no, you know, you've, you've now moved on to the next right. thing. So anyway. I think it's a classic, the Lord asks you to do something and this side of obedience, you're like, eh, I don't think so because of X, Y, and Z. But then hopefully you're wise enough to say yes to God. And on the other side, your objections of X, Y, and Z aren't even valid because what he's asked you to do is far greater yeah. and more satisfying than you could have you know, even imagined. Yeah. And that's certainly what it's been like for us. But I oh, digress. Sure. So we ask the Lord, he says... Prophetic you know, words. Prophetic words um, are all pastoring, pastoring. and, you know, and then starting new things. Within the week, we were... Um, this is when we lived with John and Carol and... We were in the basement and John called us and said, hey guys, come upstairs, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we came upstairs and he said, what do you think's next for you? John has an uncanny uh, timing or ability to just know what God's chatting with you about. and He's amazing. Um, yeah, help you out with that. So we said, well, we think um, pastoring or church planting or something. And um, so, you know, at that moment we decided to pray with them about planting something in the U.S. and we traveled with them. Um, we spent four days praying in a in a location in the south, just sort of going, okay, you know, God, is this is this where we could do it? You know, what are we what are we actually what are you asking of us? And uh, none of the four of us got a yes on that. And so we we're like, okay, that's interesting. And um, while we were there, though, Carol said, "Did I ever tell you about my vision about the?" the states and we said you know no and she said well i saw three pins dropping on the map of the united states and one of the pins she said dropped in nashville and uh alan and i both 
perked up. We're in the backseat of the car as we were driving around and we went, we'll do Nashville. And then we looked at each other like, uh, why did we say well, that? Yeah, it was an interesting statement because what does we'll do Nashville even mean? Well, yeah, we didn't know. Like, the, no, no, no job has been offered to us. We don't even know where Nashville is on the map. No, neither of us have ever ministered in Tennessee. No. <laughs> so it was the, quite Probably funny. the only thing that we knew about Nashville was, oh, we had music. some, fr- well, not even that. I don't think I was even that clued in for that. Was we had some friends in Florida. Yeah. who were planning on moving to Nashville. Yes. So the, that, I mean, that literally was the only tie, the only piece of information we could offer on what does Nashville look like or where is it. But nevertheless, there was a unction, to use a nice religious term, uh, there was a jump in our hearts when we said we'll do Nashville, and it mirrored in John and Carol's heart too. Yeah. They were like, yes. And yeah. so I actually remember us toasting at lunch, we're going to do Nashville. Yay. And at the back of my head, I was like, I don't quite know what that means like like what is what does that mean yeah. at all and i said to carol like when it was just carol and i and abby i said carol i know we end up in nashville and she said so do i and which so, made that much easier when we had to leave toronto yeah it's true <laughs> yeah because we not only left an amazing church an amazing church family but we lived with john and carol and it was I mean, it was pretty hard mm-hmm. but at the same time it was pretty easy because we knew we'd heard god so clearly so riddle me this when we said we'll do Nashville, did you? At what point did you know that we were moving to Nashville? Then I knew then. So you knew, yeah. Because did when, you know timing? No, you and John dropped us off to go get a table at the restaurant because it was pouring a rain. Because and we're it was a chivalrous chance. No, it wasn't. I don't think it was raining. See, you just don't remember any. Of I just didn't want to carry Abby that far. I think she was asleep in her car seat. It was pouring with rain. I remember. Okay. I got wet. All right. But you know, I'm not going to bring that up because okay. I'm too humble. Of me. Right. Yes, of course. But I got out of the car with Carol and. I, and uh, after you dropped us off, and I turned to Carol and I said, "We, we, I know we end up in Nashville." And she said, "So do I." But and so I from that point on, that. I was just like, "Okay, God." Somehow we end up there, and there was a both an excitement and a peace of knowing what was next, but not knowing exactly the timing of it. See, I didn't know any of that. I was just like, "Oh, well, that was weird." That I was like, "Oh, we'll do Nashville." Mm-hmm. Um, so we kept praying. We kept praying, and uh, what I was said, the chronological chronological order of what happened? Since? So far, we're fine. Um, so, and we're just speeding through this short version of the story. So I, I, uh, I said to Alan, can we go to Nashville? Can we go and feel it out and whatever? And, um, he, we didn't really have a time when we could do that. And we'd, um, already blown all our points to go in, um, feel at the last place as it were. So we were like, oh, we can't, you know? Um, and, but then we flew to Iceland and we went to Iceland for a series of meetings. But while we were in Iceland, Alan had a dream. Q Allen. Yeah. I had a dream that to this day is the most profound dream I've ever had in my life. And I've had some pretty profound dreams and you know, I'll tell you the dream and it's not going to sound profound. That, that was the bizarre thing. I remember in the dream thinking, this is the most amazing dream, but, uh, well, let me tell you the dream. So it's a dream within a dream. I have two dreams and I don't realize I'm dreaming the first dream until I wake up from the second dream. So in the first dream, um, I'm not aware I'm dreaming. And I get a phone call from John and Carol, and they say, um, Alan, you need to come and see what God has done for us. It's absolutely amazing. And I said, where are you? And they said, we're in America. So AJ and I fly to America, and John and Carol have been given this enormous house. I mean, this house is the size of a city block. It is enormous. It's, 
you know, several stories tall, and we're just toasting that they've been given this house. We're toasting the goodness of God. We're saying, look, this is so extravagant. This is so amazing. And in the middle of us celebrating what God's done for them, they turn to us and say, we want to give you half the house for $300 a month. And I wake up, um, but I'm still in the dream. So I'm now in uh, a second dream. And so I um, uh, get a phone call in the second dream from John and Carol. And they said, you got to come and see what God's done for us. It's absolutely amazing. I said, where are you? They said, we're in America. I fly to America with AJ, and we find out that God's given them an enormous house. It's just an incredible, incredible house that um, is about a city block. It's several stories tall. We're toasting the goodness of God. And in the middle of it, John and Carol turn to us and say, we want to give you half the house for $300. And I wake up out of that that dream into the first dream. And I go back to John and say, John, this is incredible. I know that you've just been given this incredible house, but I just had a dream that you were given the house. And in the dream, it was more significant that I'd had a dream that they'd been given a house than the fact that they'd been given the house by God. Like that was what was so astonishing. And as I tell John this, now back in the first dream, John looks at me and says, you need to connect with Jeff Dollar and you need to connect with him now. And then I wake up just like a bolt of lightning, wake up in the natural, climb out of bed, write it all down, thinking that is just bizarre. And at the time... We'd never met Jeff Dollar. We'd never met Jeff Dollar. We didn't know he was in Nashville, Tennessee. I think we did. The only reason I think we did was we knew about Alberto and Kimberly Rivera. And I think we'd overheard a conversation that they were at his church. Uh, that's the only tenuous thing. We we didn't know what Jeff looked like. I didn't think we, we did know that at that point. Well, I think because we were planning to go to Nashville to do the Ilsom later right. that year, we'd maybe heard his name and somebody in Toronto said, oh, that's the church the Riveras go to. So, oh, okay, you know, okay. the, whether we knew or not is almost neither near nor there. So armed with this piece of information, I call John and I forget where he is in the world, I just tell John, John, I had this dream. What do you think it means? And he said, I think it means you should connect with Jeff Dollar. So he gives me Jeff's email address. And at that point, Alan agrees that we can go to Nashville and feel out. Do you want to talk about why you wanted to go to Nashville? Um, because I I tend to be like a feeler, so I tend to be in a place and I feel things. Right. Which I'm not, but I realize my wife is, so I have to place a value on the way she hears from God. Um, was the revelation I had. So, just because I don't need it. Yeah. It's important that you have what you need to make a decision. So, I, I mean, I wanted to come and Like, when we had gone to the previous place, I I've just felt absolutely nothing. Even though it was a beautiful place, I was like, no. Um, so I wanted to come and just see, okay, Lord, is there favor on the idea of us being here? You know, that kind of stuff. Right. So I emailed Jeff and said, hey, we think we're coming to... Hey, you don't know us at all. We're... Um, actually going to be at your church in a couple of months. We were coming to do a conference with John and Carol anyway, but hey, we're, we just so happen to be in Nashville this weekend. Actually, our friends were moving up from um, from Florida. So we said, hey, look, we've got friends who are moving. We're coming down to see them. We'll be in Nashville. We'd, we'd love to meet you for lunch if you've got time in your schedule. And he was like, sure. So I remember it to this day. We met at J. Alexander's in Nashville. Oh, but now you're skipping ahead because that was, we came here and again, I'm saying, Lord, is there favor on the idea of us being here? And when we checked into the yeah. first hotel, hotel, we got um, upgraded to the presidential suite, which was massive. Right. And so here's the funny part for all you Nashvilleians. Coming from Toronto, again, an enormous city, we thought we'll book three different hotels to get three different views of the city. <laughs> 
I don't mean views as in, you know, panoramic views to look at and take photographs of. I just meant to see different parts of the city. Now realizing how small in comparison Nashville is to to Toronto, that was it somewhat was so funny. humorous. So we moved the second day to a different, a, a different hotel and got the presidential suite again, which was the whole, you know, it's a Sheridan downtown. It's the whole um, one, one side of the Sheridan. One whole side of the Sheridan. You know, it had like two bedrooms and a library and a massive dining room thing that sat 16 people. And I mean, just like we were like, uh, okay. And then when we moved to our third hotel, uh, same thing happened. So we, we got rid of the presidential So suite. we're like, okay, Lord, there seems to be favor following us as we're here. And then when we met Jeff. Yes. Our little daughter, Abigail, was going through the season where she did not want to be with anybody, only mommy and daddy. She wouldn't even go with John and Carol. And we lived, we with, lived them. with them. Yeah. So as soon as, as soon, as soon as she sees Jeff, she reaches for him, and then she sits on his lap all the way through lunch. Yeah, she ate her food with Jeff. And, and we just and we talked like, to Jeff. and huh. Yeah. And you know, we're not thinking anything about Grace Center or, no, or anything. No, but we really we liked just, Jeff. We really, really and, liked and Jeff. And we know we knew that the Lord was saying something in the way that Abby was responding to him as well. And, you know, the dream was you need to connect with Jeff Dollar. Right. So we're just being obedient. So we meet Jeff. Then we came to Grace Center on that Sunday. Yeah. We, just, we were in town and we, we need somewhere to go to church. So we came to Grace Center. And that was the weekend that they had James Ryle in and they took up an offering. They didn't tell anybody where the offering was going to be. And they took up two hundred four thousand dollars um in a couple of services and they said we're gonna give this away. And then they decided to give it away to a church that had just been demolished by a tornado. Yeah. And so we're at this church and you know, Chris McClarney was leading worship. And interestingly, we'd never heard anybody like Chris McClarney. Yeah. Except for Luke Finch. Yeah. So we'd just come from being in England where we'd heard Luke Finch lead and we we're like, Man, this guy's just so awesome. So when we heard Chris, we were like Oh my gosh, it's, a, it's an American Luke Finch. Yeah. And so we loved the worship, loved the presence of God, loved that this church was just obviously bathed in generosity and was just giving away $204,000. And it was significant that James Rowell was speaking because he was the person who really launched you into ministry. You responded well, to an he article. Didn't, yeah, I mean, he doesn't know me from Adam, but it was it was a message that he spoke in Toronto that that day was the day that, that changed everything for me in terms of I was now like, okay, I'm going into ministry. Right. Yeah. So you personally responded to a message that he preached. Yeah. So there's lots of all these little things, but probably most importantly, we were in this church and we just thought, if we moved to Nashville, we could go here. Like, we love this I church. remember walking down the hallway thinking, I could go here. And then I started crying because I thought, I've been in hundreds and hundreds of churches in the last several years, and lots of them really, really lovely churches. But my heart has always been like, I'll, I don't want to leave Toronto. I don't want to leave TACF. And that was the first time that my heart felt a freedom to even think that. So I remember thinking, I could go here. And I thought, we do go here. Like, I, you know, there was a transfer that was happening already. Wow. And then as we head back to the airport, you stopped in some store. <laughs> J. Wasn't Crew. It? Stopped at J. Crew, and uh, um, my computer's saying your disc is almost full. So should we leave it as a cliffhanger? <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Dun. Right, well, if your disc is full, I don't want to keep talking and lose it. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, to find out what happens when we stop in at J. Crew, tune in this time next week. Woohoo! Wait, before you go, um, one of the things you know, this is going to come out on Monday the 14th of July. So yes. you're going to download this if you're quick. 
on Monday, the 14th of July, which is going to be awesome. The very next day, which is Tuesday, July 15th, um, is the final day for applications to the School of Supernatural Life, which is an eight-month school, which AJ and I have the absolute joy of running with uh, an amazing team of people. If you are looking for an eight-month incubator for God to absolutely transform your life and just to grow you supernaturally, then we would love you to consider applying. If you go to www.gracecenter.us slash school, you can find out all the details about our school, what it costs, what's involved, who are the teachers, and we would love to encourage you to prayerfully think about applying. But you have uh, to start your application by July 15th. You have 15th. to start your application. Stop playing this podcast and apply and <laughs> get it in the very next day because it is our deadline for students. We'd love to have you come and we'd love to see you be transformed by the power of God. Yes. Until next week, you will not believe what happened in J. Crew. <gasps> oh, we'll see J. you this time Crew. next week. <laughs>